This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Invest Talk. This is the second episode of a new series by The Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. At Invest Talk, we talk money matters and all things related to investing. We want to give you that extra edge in managing your hard-earned money. I'm Lee Su Shen. And I'm Ven Srinivasan. Both of us are associate editors at The Straits Times. Now, in this second episode recorded in July 2022, we want to look at how the markets have been doing and whether we should stay invested, or dare I say it, double down on investing. Don't forget, we are still facing the threats of inflation, higher interest rates and recession. The crisis in Russia and Ukraine is not going away. There's also a heavy dose of geopolitical uncertainty with the shooting of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, leadership battles in the UK and serious economic woes in Sri Lanka. And later in July, there will be yet another meeting of the US Federal Reserve. All signs point to another round of rate hikes of as much as 75 basis points. If you look at a graph of the Singapore market this year, it looks pretty much like a roller coaster ride. The question is, have we reached the bottom or is there more pain to come? So then, let's put all this into context. How has the Singapore market done so far this year? Actually, the Singapore market has held up reasonably well if one were to look at total returns. Even though the ST index has been range-bound in recent weeks at about 3,100 points level. In terms of total returns year-to-date, that is from the beginning of this year, it is still up 2.3%. In contrast, if you look at the FTSE developed index, it is down 15% to date this year. That index tracks the performance of the big and mid-cap companies in the developed markets, right? Indeed, the Dow Jones Industrial is also down about 15% this year. The Nasdaq is down about 29%. I agree, the Singapore market has generally been more resilient among Asian markets. We have the Korea's Kospi, that's down 22% this year. And Hong Kong's Hang Seng is also weaker by about 10% this year. That resilience probably comes more from having fewer tech stocks, unlike Hong Kong or Nasdaq, as tech stocks can be pretty volatile. The presence of REITs and bank stocks, these help cushion some of the market movements. So, given such turbulent markets, can we take a step back? Have we been in such a situation before, i.e. rising inflation and weak markets? The short answer is yes. Yes, we have been here before. The 1970s and the 1980s were notorious for rising prices and poor economic growth. The impact on markets was obvious. There was a lot of volatility and turbulence in financial markets. But you know what? I don't think we are quite in the same position this time around. Today, the global financial system is a lot more sturdy than it was 30, 40 years ago. Household savings are higher. There's almost full employment. In fact, companies are crying for more manpower resources. And perhaps most importantly, the banking system globally is generally well capitalized. 
What we are seeing today is also the sum of two factors, which is the war in Ukraine and the supply chain crunch. Of course, in addition to this, there's also the lockdowns in China. And uh, this is important because China has traditionally been the factory of the world, you know, producing goods and services which are reasonably priced and widely available everywhere. There are analysts who believe that the supply chain crunch will be resolved by the end of the current quarter. Also, there is a chance that China may ease up on its lockdowns by the year end. The costs of these lockdowns on its economy and its people is getting very, very high. If some of these situations resolve themselves, and I'm speaking specifically of the supply chain crunch and the lockdown in China, we could be back on the saddle of growth. So... The SDI, though, is, you know, hovering around the lows for the year, just very slightly up, as you said earlier. What are some of the indicators that investors should be monitoring before they decide to take the plunge? There are several indicators that are particularly important. From a market perspective, earnings is important. What I mean is corporate earnings. The two factors facing the economy and companies are inflation and rising interest rates. The question is, how will these two factors impact the operating numbers of companies? How will the rising costs of inputs impact the bottom line of a company? Some companies will benefit in an inflationary period because they are seen as providers of essential goods and services. Healthcare, basic staples, commodities, and even banks might benefit. Then there's a question of how rising interest rates will impact some companies especially those with higher gearing, in short, more borrowing. The common perception is property companies and S-REITs could be impacted. Well, in the Singapore context, yes and no. Most Singapore S-REITs have relatively low gearing, so the impact should be negligible, if any. Banks could benefit if their interest margins, that's the difference between what they pay for funds and what they get from lending widens. Yes, indeed, Ven. As mortgage rates rise, and especially as the fixed rates rise, the banks could well be making more interest income in the coming months. So investors should pay attention to how the banks are performing. Inflation and interest rates look like they're going to be a key talking point over this year. Tamasic, which reported its portfolio numbers recently, flagged this as a risk. They said, taking into account the reasonable likelihood of a recession in developed markets over the next year, we maintain a cautious investment stance while staying focused on constructing a resilient portfolio underpinned by the structural trends we have identified. Maybe along these lines, then, we could talk a bit more about earnings. We have just ended the second quarter, the first half of this year. Many of the listed companies will be announcing results this month and up to the first half of August. Investors should pay attention to the earnings trend, and in particular, what companies see the outlook for the rest of the year to be. That will give an idea of whether companies are looking to a better second half. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's get back to the conversation with my co-host and colleague, Ven Srinivasan. Ven, usually the REITs report first. 
with a wide range of REITs listed in Singapore, such as retail, logistics, hospitality, and, you know, office buildings, we, we should be able to get a good picture of the economy. What do you expect? What are the indicators that we should consider? Okay, just a step back. If you look at S-REITs, okay, we've got about 30 S-REITs. Over two-thirds of them have historically paid dividends of well over 5%, historically. But now, a lot of their prices have been depressed somewhat. So the yields should probably be higher in the 6 to 9%. Most S-REITs are sitting on a strong wicket in terms of occupancy, balance sheet, and rental yields. There's always the issue of interest rates and how they will impact S-REITs. The impact would be if they are highly geared. On average, gearing for most S-REITs is in the 30% range, and most are locked in to long-term rates. So the net impact of rising rates is likely to be negligible on S-REITs. Of course, if rates result in higher deposit rates, particularly fixed deposit or even bond yields, then the relative attractiveness of yield from REITs could diminish somewhat. That would depend on how things pan out. It's too early to say. But on the earnings front, I don't think we'll see major negative surprises on the S-REITs front. Okay. So apart from the earnings reports, what's going to be happening soon would be the US Federal Reserve. They will be meeting at the end of July. In the run-up to the last meeting in June, the stock markets were very jittery. Do you see some of that happening again? Well, market volatility is a given, particularly for this year and maybe even going into early next year. Given the strong June jobs data in the US and the high CPI numbers, the Fed is likely to announce another 75 basis points rate hike as you previously alluded to. This will send another wave of shudders through the market. But the question a long-term investor has to ask is this. Where are valuations now? At some point, the CPI will plateau out. The Fed will lift its foot from the rate hike pedal. Markets could rebound quickly. How well will you be positioned for such a rebound if it happens, say, in October or November this year? So, you don't really want to dive into the market at this point in time. But you don't completely want to stay out of it either. Feed money gradually into quality stocks whose valuations are compelling compared to where they were, say, six to eight months ago. Do some dollar-cost averaging. If you get that right, you should be smiling a year down the road. So that's it from the two of us. The bottom line is, be cautious, but it pays to also stay invested. That's because Singapore companies have growth prospects which are strong, and if you identify quality stocks and take a long-term view of the market, that will pay dividends for you. I'm Lee Sushen. And I'm Ben Srinivasan. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Invest Talk, a new series that was recently launched by the Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. If you'd like to read our columns, there are links in our podcast text description. Happy investing! That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. 
For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.